Well, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. Glad to get to see you. Want to welcome those worshiping with us online. Now, this morning, I got an important text message to Steve and me, and it was a member of our staff, and she said, I've been praying for y'all, and I want you to know that you need to put on the whole armor today because the enemy doesn't want you to preach this message. And I believe that. And I'll tell you why. Because he's a liar. And what he tells us is that we don't matter, that we don't count, that we're not as good as everybody else, that we can't do anything for anybody else, that we're not important, that we're not valuable. But that's not the truth. That's a lie from the pit. And God has the truth for us today. And I want you to know that you are valuable to God. Look at the person next to you and say, you are valuable to God. Tell them that right now. You are valuable. You're valuable to the other people in this room. We're part of the body of Christ, and we can't be the body by ourselves. We have to be together for that to happen. You are valuable to God because of who you are, but you're valuable to God because God has a purpose for you. God has given you gifts and abilities and opportunities, and he wants you to use your talents and whatever he's given you for his purposes to accomplish his will in his way. And he can do it through you. And you don't think he can, but he can. And you don't think you matter, but you do. And today, I want you to just dispel that lie. I want you to just commit yourself today to say, I'm not going to believe that anymore. I'm not going to live in that kind of world. I'm not going to be that kind of person because I have value to God. You're valuable because God created you for a purpose and he gave you a church family and he wants you to be a part of the church family. And the reason this message is so difficult for people to hear is when they look around, they see other people. And when they look at other people, they say, well, I'm just not good enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not spiritual enough. I'm not smart enough. They look around, they see other people that are quoting the Bible, the other people that pray prayers that just blow their mind, other people that serve and have all kinds of gifts and abilities, and they say, I can't measure up to these people, and so I just don't need to. I need to sit down in the back and be quiet. We're insecure. We don't know how much we do know. Sometimes we make mistakes, and they cause us to make greater mistakes, and so it just disillusions us, and we're discouraged, and we want to quit. Some of you are sitting here today saying, he's not talking to me. I don't really matter that much. If I weren't here, nobody would even notice. No one would even miss me. And my prayer is that before you leave here today, you know the truth, that you are invaluable to God. They gave you gifts and passions and talent, and he wants to work through your life to accomplish his purposes. And at this moment in history, at this place in time, he's brought you to this church for a purpose. And God has a plan for your life. And the Apostle Paul talks about a metaphor. He's talking to the Corinthian people. The Corinthian people were not born of noble birth. Many of the Corinthian people were slaves. Many of them didn't feel like they measured up to everybody else. They weren't well-educated. They weren't born with a silver spoon in their mouths. And so he's trying to encourage them, and he writes them this letter. And here's what he said. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. 
You see, it takes all the different parts of the body for that to take place. All the different parts make up one body. And the body is not all it's meant to be unless you're doing your part, unless you're serving in your way. Think about it. The body has ears and eyes and noses and mouths. It has hands and elbows and thumbs and knees. The human body comes together, and we need all those parts, but it makes one body. He's comparing the human body to the body of Christ. And we need everyone to be all he's called us to be. Now, how many of you know what a group of elephants is called? Well, Lord, forgive him of that. He just, he, he doesn't know any better. He just, we receive the benediction. They're called a herd. What are a group of lions called? A pride. What about a group of cheetahs? A coalition of cheetahs. That's what they're called. What about a group of crows? A murder of crows. That sounds like a scary movie I don't want to see. What about vultures? What's a group of vultures? They're called a committee of vultures. And that's why so many churches have committees. <laughs> and I'm just thankful. I'm just saying I'm thankful that here at Woodlawn we don't have committees. Amen. Amen. We have teams. We got nominated folks that we're going to accept. They're part of a team. Just this month, we're going to celebrate them. Don't ever say we're part of a committee. If you're saying that to somebody, look at them real closely and see what you're looking at, okay? Because we don't need any committees here, all right? Now, each animal has an identity by itself, but each animal has a name. But each animal, together with all the other animals, they have a new identity. And so, what do you call a person who is uh, following Christ? A Christian or a Christ follower. But what do you call a group of Christians who come together to worship God filled with his spirit? That's the church or the body of Christ. On your own, you're a disciple. Together, you are the body. <clears throat> in other words, your hands are used to go serve people in his name. Your feet are used to take the message of the gospel to places where it may never have been before. Your mouth is there so that you might lift up the goodness of God so that other people might come to know him, that you might go and reach out to those who are hurting and minister to them and share an encouraging word with them. And the enemy tells you, though, that you're not important. You're not good enough. And you just step back and say, no, this is what I want you to tell him when he tells you this. No, my God created me. He sent his son for me. His spirit lives in me. I am an invaluable part of the body of Christ. And what I hope you'll understand and embrace today is that every part of the body matters. Look at the person next to you and say, you matter to the body. Tell them that now. You think I'm not that important. It doesn't matter that I'm here. Nobody would even notice if I weren't here. But I want you to hear what the Spirit led Paul to write. And this is what he says. Yes, 
The body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? And if the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? Every part of the body matters. You think your part doesn't make a difference. It does. And, and I like the way that Paul contrasts that. I mean, think about it. The ear could get upset and say, I don't like my role. I don't like my part. I, I would rather be an eye. Everybody talks about eyes. Nobody ever talks about ears. Well, that would be so important. But, you know, if you overlook the ear, how are you going to ever hear anything, right? Think about it. The eye gets all the attention. No one has ever had an ear-to-ear -ear conversation. <laughs> no one in love has ever glared longingly into someone else's ear. And if they do, you should break up with them because they're not normal. Get away from them quickly. Think about it. Beauty is in the ear of the beholder. I don't think so. I've got stars in my ears. I, that's not going to be said. You're the apple of my ears. I could do this all day long, but we don't have time, all right? The ear could so easily say, I'm not important. But you see, if the ear's not there then no one can hear because we need the ear. Your part, your role, your presence, your voice, your opinion, your contribution all matter to the family of God. Paul says, in fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. You know, there are always people in the church who feel overlooked. There are people that are just kind of behind the scenes, people that don't really think that they really matter, people that don't really realize what a contribution they make because they're not that visible. They're not up on stage. You don't see them. A lot of the stuff they do is behind the scenes. But each part, every single part of the body is critical because you matter to the heart of God and you're presence and your contribution and your service and your joy, that matters to the body. Uh, you know, I did research on the body, and you think about the hand. Who gets all the credit in the hand? The thumb. I mean, you got to have that opposable thumb to pick stuff up. It's hard to pick stuff up this way. It's a lot easier with that, right? What about the pinky? The pinky could say, I don't want to be a pinky. I want to be a thumb. Everybody knows about the thumb. People hitchhike with a thumb. What do they do with their pinky? Right? But you know what? The pinky has 50% of your hand's strength in it. If you didn't have a pinky, you wouldn't have as firm of a grip. You didn't know that. How important the pinky is. All right, you got up this morning thinking about this one. Armpit hair. Yeah, I've got your attention now, don't I? Armpit hair. Did you know that your armpit hair actually diffuses your odor to make you more naturally attractive to your potential mate? 
And that's why my personal scent is sandalwood. It all starts right here, baby. That's right. Your part matters to God. Just because what you do may not be visible does not mean that it's not important. Just because other people don't see it, they don't know about it, does not mean it doesn't matter to God or other people. You may be a prayer warrior. You may spend your time on your knees. You may spend all kinds of time seeking God, and nobody knows but Him. But when lives are changed week after week, when people experience the grace of Jesus, it's often because of your private faith and prayer life that you get to see miracles take place because your prayers touch the heart of God. Something so simple as to just smile at somebody and make them feel loved just to reach out to them and help them to pick up a piece of trash so that the place looks a little better. You may not be incredibly visible, but you're more important, and you don't know because the things that you do, people would notice if you didn't do them every week. There are actually parts of the body that are not as visible but are very critical. You know the Gideons? The Gideons give out Bibles to people. The folks raise money, and they pray, and they get them together, and then they just go out. Their job is to hand out Bibles. You go into a motel room, you open the door, you find a Gideon Bible in there. And so a lot of times they give out Bibles, but have you ever thought about it? They don't ever get to see the results. I'm just going to do what God called me to do. I'm going to be faithful and obedient. I'm going to do it for 40 years. I'm just going to hand it out. I'm going to hand it out. I'm going to hand it out, but, but I don't really know what happens. People give and pray and work, and the Gideons say, here am I, send me. And so they go, but they don't always know the rest of the story. Well, in 1988 on Oklahoma City University campus, there was a Gideon by the name of Mike, and Mike was handing out Bibles to students. And there's no telling how many students he's handed them out to over the years, but he was just faithfully handing them out, and they would take them. But he didn't know what happened. He said there was a student that he gave the Bible to, and he didn't know it. But that, that student took that Bible, and he'd never read it before. He'd never been to church. And he sat down. He read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He read all the way into Ephesians, and he read about the grace of Jesus Christ. And he, he gave his life to Jesus by himself. And his life was completely changed. And he felt called to go into the ministry. And then he did. He went into the ministry, and he served all these years later, years and years and years. And think about all the people that he has influenced that God has used him to reach in his role and being a pastor, reaching out to people, people listening to his messages, talking to people one-on-one. -on -one. And so he decided to do a little research. And he went back to the date in 1988, the actual day, and he did some research and he talked to the Gideons and he, and he found out that probably 99% sure that Mike, the Gideon, was the one who was there for him and who handed out that Bible to him that made all the difference in his eternity, but so many other people too. 
And he went and found Mike. And when he told him the difference that he made, he looked at him with tears in his eyes and he said, I had no idea that anything I ever did made a difference. You don't know what God is doing behind the scenes. You can't see it. You're not aware of it. Many times we don't see the results. But it made all the difference in that student's life. And as he became a pastor, it made all the difference in all the parishioners' lives. And let me tell you, it made a difference in Mike's life too because God gave him a glimpse of eternity. Other people may not know what you give. You may not be able to give very much, but let me tell you, when everybody in the body does their part, when they give together, it makes up a great big sum. I served a new church years ago, and I used to tell them all the time, I said, you know, we pray for new people to come here, people who are far from God. And we pray that they will come and they will become baby Christians, that they will accept Christ as their Savior, that, that they'll start out at square one. And I said to them, you know what we got to do? We got to pay their way because they don't know. They don't know about giving to God. They're babies. They don't know anything. You prayed about it. You asked God to send them here. You wanted them to be here. What do you do with a new baby? Take it home and say, okay, we did our part. Get out and get a job. Let us hear from you every now and then. We hope it works out well. Bye. No, you love that baby. You nurture that baby. You take care of that baby. You provide every need for that baby, and you do it joyfully because you wanted the baby. You prayed, God, give us a baby. You're so thankful to have it. And that's what the body of Christ is. It's got new people all the time. They don't have a clue about giving to God. They don't know. They don't understand. So you know what? You and I got to make up the difference. We got to pay their way. You know why? Because somebody did that for you. When you were lost as a ball in high weeds and you didn't know what was going on, somebody else was paying your way. Somebody else was going ahead of you and making it happen for you. And so now it's time to give back, to turn it around. Because there's some other folks coming and they don't know. And it's a privilege. Listen, it's a privilege for you to take care of those brand new baby Christians. What if we didn't have any baby Christians? That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to reach people for God. The church is incomplete without your contribution. Think about it this way. Have you ever fallen asleep and you fell asleep on your arm in a funny way and your arm went to sleep? And then you woke up and it's so stiff and sore and tingly and you can't even get it to move. It's just paralyzed and useless and dormant there and you got to get it going again. You can't just leave it that way. What do you do? Uh, and you got to get it moving, got to get the blood flowing, got to be able to use it again. You're a part of the body of Christ. But if you're not using your gifts for God, then your body has gone to sleep. Your body's asleep, and it's useless. You're not living out your divine calling. 
your function, your role, your part, your position. That's what you need to realize. Wake up. You are invaluable to God. If part of the body is asleep, then the rest of the body has to work harder. And others are going to put more in because you're not doing your part. And some people are not going to be reached because you're not going to reach them. And some people are not going to hear the gospel because you're not going to tell them. And some people are going to be lost like you were because you don't do what somebody did for you. The church is not a building. It's not an institution. It is the living, breathing body of Christ. We are the church, the body of Christ, and we are here to meet needs. We don't come to church to have our needs met. We come to church because we want to be a part of meeting the needs of others. I came to the missions banquet with Laura Wednesday night. Farrah talked about it a few minutes ago, and I wish you could have been here. This room was just filled up with tables and chairs and people. And the men prepared dinner, and, and the people got up, and they shared about missions, and they had videos. And it was so moving. Laura and I, when we got through with that night, we looked at each other, and we said, okay, we want to join this church. How do we do make that happen? I mean, this is a great place. And, and, you know, I was so moved by all the things. And when we say we're reaching people all over the world, we're not just talking. You can ask Cameron about it. And I went to the executive team Thursday afternoon the next day, and I, I went in there to brag on Cameron with all the folks on the executive team. And I started bragging on her, and she wasn't even there. She's gone to take Katie to the, to the airport. You know why she went to the airport? She's going on a mission trip. And I said, well, you know what? I'm just going to go on and brag on Cameron. So I bragged on Cameron, and the rest of the staff was getting sick about hearing about how great Cameron was. <laughs> no, they celebrated with me. So then I called Cameron, and something miraculous happened. I got her on the phone. Because, <laughs> you know, Cameron, she's busy. She is social. She has people. And I didn't think, I, I thought I might get some of her people. I didn't know I'd get her. And I got Cameron on the phone, and I just started bragging on her. And I said, now, Cameron, I told the executive team about what you did. It was so good. I want you to tell the rest of the staff that you worked with that helped you with that. I want you to tell them what I'm telling you now. And I just went on and on and on. And we celebrated together what God is doing here. Because you know what? We are reaching all over the world. And we do it for the kingdom. And sometimes people come along and they say, I'd help, but my past disqualifies me. I, I, I'm not prepared. See, I've been divorced and I can't really help. Let me tell you something. If you've been divorced, you've been prepared. Because there's a lot of other people who've been divorced and they need your help to learn how to deal with it and walk through it and get past it. Who better than you to tell them what it's like? And that's why we have an opportunity for you to deal with that. We have a little class and, and our staff offers that because it's a blessing. Who's better prepared to help you rebuild your life than somebody who's been through that? You say, well, I used to be an addict. Wonderful. Because there's addicts coming, okay? Come on in. You can help them. You can be preparing them to make a transition. If you know about the grace of Jesus Christ and you know how to love somebody, then you are prepared to be an active part of the body of Christ. 
Your presence today matters not just to you, but to everybody else and to God. What you do, your gifts, your abilities, your talents, your story, that matters in the body of Christ. And this is what's possible. You're able to do kingdom work because of it. You are invaluable to God. The church is not a place we go. The church is who we are. Look at the next person next to you and say, the church is who we are. I want you to get this. I want you to know it because that's true. We're his hands, his feet, and our role is incredibly important. But if we're not engaged, then we're just asleep at the wheel and God says, wake up, wake up, because you're useless unless you're willing to do your part. Your gift matters to God. And every time you pray, it makes a difference. And every time you gather, it makes a difference. And every time you spend time with the body of Christ, it makes a difference. And people don't say, what church? They say, this church. This church is a blessing to this community. This church is a blessing to the region. This church is a blessing to the world. If this church weren't doing what it's doing, then those things would not be happening. I guarantee you, folks would notice. You just don't realize what all this church does. This church is showing love through the body of Christ. 1 Corinthians 3, 6 says, Paul planted, Apollos watered, and God gave the growth. I went to a new church, and I said that so many times. We're not responsible for the results. Praise God. We're just supposed to be faithful and obedient, and God brings the results. So I kept telling them over and over and over until they started saying it back to me. Our job is to sow seeds and do deeds, and God brings the results. And I knew they got it one day when one of the staff got me this little statue that's in my office. And it's a guy has got a bag on here, and he's got seeds in his hand, and he's sowing seeds. He's throwing them out there, and I keep it in my office to remind me of what I've taught them so many times, and that is that we are to sow seeds and do deeds, and who brings the result? God. Now, I've told you before that I get tested on what I preach on, and I've been reading in my devotional, I've been reading in the book of Job. And the book of Job begins by saying that while Job was just standing there, a servant came and gave him some bad news. And while he was still speaking, another servant came and gave him bad news. And while he was still speaking, another servant came and gave him bad news. And something happened like that, not as dramatic, but similar to me recently. I got some discouraging news and while I was trying to process that, it, it was followed by some more discouraging news. And while I was trying to process that, it was followed by some more discouraging news. So I went home and I talked to Laura about it, and I told her I was discouraged, and she listened to me. You know, Laura's a good listener. She'd have to be to marry me. So then Laura started praying. And she prayed that we would receive encouragement from God and something good would happen. Now, you don't know this about me. You wouldn't know this. 
But sometimes I can feel discouraged. I'm human, just like you are. Sometimes I can feel like I'm not really making a difference. Sometimes I just feel like maybe what I do doesn't have much value. Well, God answered Laura's prayer. And right away we received a message from a, a couple who were on our staff at a previous church. And they said that they were being visited by a couple who were members of that previous church. And they had come to their town to visit them in Birmingham. And so they shared with me a little bit about it. Stan and Sue Chapman were involved in our church in the late 1990s and the early 2000s. And Sue was a Christian, but Stan was Jewish. He was born Jewish. And so I visited their home, and they were so gracious and kind, and he would come with her to church sometimes. And, and just very gingerly, very cautiously, very, very easily, I just shared a little bit about the book of Romans called The Roman Road. And I just helped Stan understand why people become Christians and what that's about and how to do it and what that means. And, and I just shared that with him. And he was so kind. And he was not offended. And he listened to me. Fast forward to October of 2023. Our friends then forwarded this message written by Stan. A seed planted by Pastor Joe years ago germinated and blossomed in 2015-2016 and was confirmed with baptism in the Jordan River June 23, 2023 at or near the site where John the Baptist baptized our Lord Jesus Christ. Stan went on to say, I am the grandson of a Russian Orthodox Jew born in 1874, who at the age of 16 was drafted and served under the Tsar Nicholas II in the Standing Army. Needless to say, it took Jesus a long time to find me, but at the age of 71 and a half, I am all in for Jesus Christ. And then he sent this picture of him being baptized in the Jordan River. You see, he's a Messianic Jew, a Jew who has accepted Christ. And actually, Jesus knew where Stan was all along. He was just waiting on Stan to find him. And then last Sunday, we didn't know it, but Stan and Sue came out of their way, way out of their way, to show up here in church and surprise me. And they were at the 9 o'clock service. We didn't know they were coming. And they had this message that they wanted to share. And I want to thank you for all the cards and gifts that you gave us in October during Pastor Appreciation. And I also want to thank the Lord for letting me see the rest of the story about Stan. I share that with you to just simply say, there are times when you don't feel invaluable. It doesn't matter. Be faithful and obedient to God no matter how you feel. He works in miraculous ways for the good of others, and sometimes it makes a difference 
in eternity. God gives you and me a front row seat to watch him work. We plant seeds, we sow, sow deeds, and sow seeds and, and do deeds, but other times God gives us that gift to know the rest of the story. So if you're not feeling invaluable today, I want you to hear me. God is greater than your feelings. Amen. What really matters to God is that you and I just keep being faithful and obedient to the task that he's given us and not worry about, does anybody know? Does it make any difference? Because we're going to trust God for the results. With God, all things are possible. To him be all glory and honor and praise and majesty and all God's children said,